0: Welcome to the Root Cause Revolution podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie. Hi friends, welcome to episode 296, one of my favorite episodes every week, the Ask Audrey episode. And today we're talking about the best type of milk to drink. We're also talking about milk supply for nursing moms. Uh, We're talking about kids with overly chapped lips. We're talking about candles, the low-tox, high-tox, and no-tox versions. And the final question is about diffusing essential oils with pets. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, I am Audrey. I'm a root cause clinician, and I help you to stop masking symptoms and start healing from the root cause of your chronic issues, chronic illness, diagnoses, and autoimmune diseases. If you are done with Band-Aids and ready for real healing solutions, I'm here to help and you are in the right place. All right. So a lot of times these questions can be submitted at audreychristie.com forward slash question. You can also drop them in the women's wellness circle or uh, send them even through the client portal if you're already a one-on-one client with me. But let's dive in. So the first question, hey, Audrey, what's the best type of milk to use or drink? I make my own almond milk, but someone said that lectins could be a problem. Also, side note: are, Do you have any suggestions for a nursing mom to help with supply? All right, so this is a two-part question. Number one, the first, the the, the best type of milk to drink depends on a lot of things. That's my favorite answer, right? It depends. Um, I don't recommend for really anyone, but certainly most people, dairy, uh, cow's milk. Uh, cow's milk is baby cow <laughs> uh, growth formula, right? It's baby cow growth fluid. So what that means is it's designed to take a hundred or two hundred pound calf and grow it to a four hundred to twelve hundred pound cow. That's what that fluid is designed for. Or if you want to be more accurate, you could say more like a four or five hundred dollar or four or five hundred pound cow because they stop nursing at some point and start eating on their own so unless that is your goal then i don't recommend dairy for anyone not to mention it is heavily heavily linked to hormone issues to uh, seasonal allergies all of that stuff now what could you drink instead you could drink raw goat's milk it doesn't taste very good but you could You could drink raw goat's milk if an animal milk is high on your list. Um, I do like plant milks, but unfortunately, because consumerism, (laughs) we have a a society, a system where just because it's a plant milk doesn't automatically make it better than dairy. Because so many companies are putting inflammatory oils, um, they're putting uh, sugar and all kinds of things in the plant milk. I absolutely love that you make your own almond milk. So really all the things that I said before now is is directed at everyone else listening. Um, if you don't make your own milk, Malk, M-A-L-K, is a brand that's pretty clean. You can choose almond or oat. Um, I always recommend to avoid soy milk. There's very, very few people that I'd recommend soy milk to. Not because I hate soy, which I don't like processed soy at all. I don't think Uh, that that is a healthful thing to be putting in your body but um, mostly because the soy that is used for soy milk um, is not as it's more likely to be sprayed with pesticides and all the things that you don't want to be putting into your body Um, not to mention it is a, a negative kind of phytoestrogen so it's just best avoided now If you are worried about lectins, then almond milk might be a problem. But if you're not sensitive to lectins, then it doesn't matter. Um, There was a doctor that wrote a book on lectins, and he made a huge deal about it. But the reality is, for most people, lectins aren't a problem. What I do see happen is people use something like almond milk, and they only use almond milk for a long, long time, and then they develop a sensitivity to almonds and almond milk. So what I suggest is every few months, um, swishing out the types of milk, the types of plant milk that you're using to avoid sensitivity issues. Um, so for instance, we typically buy oat milk, but right now we're buying flax milk instead. And then when, flax, when we get done with flax milk, we might go back to oat milk or we might go to coconut milk or something different. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind that rotation is good, right? Now, for your milk supply, <laughs> um, there are a lot of things that you can do for your milk supply. Uh, things You can find herbal pills and teas made from things like fenugreek, fennel, blessed thistle. There's a supplement called Milkapalooza that has um, kind of a really helpful herbal blend to help with milk supply. Uh, And then the basics, of course, I see so many people struggle with this because they simply aren't eating enough calories. Um, They aren't getting enough sleep, which I understand is tricky with a baby, right? They aren't managing their stress well, and they aren't drinking enough water. So before you go shopping and spending money on herbal milk supply supplements, make sure that you have the foundation taken care of because you can't out supplement a poor nutritional, a poor stress routine and rhythm, a poor lifestyle. Um, also note that some things you'll see, it'll say like fenugreek free because some people are sensitive to fenugreek. Um, fenugreek is also a spice that's commonly used in food. So if you are sensitive, likely, you know about it already. All right. Question number two. So this is a 10 year old, um, This question comes from a 10-year-old, and the question is, do you have anything that can address a 10-year-old with overly chapped lips? Now, this person also submitted a photograph, and what it really is is an eczema around the mouth, um, almost a perfect line of eczema around the mouth. So really what's going on, it's not truly dry lips. It's more likely eczema, and it's more likely an eczema that is – um, a result of a, a sensitivity. Dry lips, uh, that mouth breathing can often be an issue. This person also said that they're using a lot of Vaseline to help. Um, Vaseline is a petroleum product, so that's not something we want to be putting on our skin, particularly for kids. It has a lot of forever chemicals. Um, but in the picture, and so it's an even rash, about a half an inch around the entire mouth area. Um, And that is generally a sensitivity or reaction issue. There is a product called eczema honey. The serum is the best. Um, They have other products like a lotion and some different things, but the serum works the best. It's also the best bang for your buck. That helps to reduce the symptoms, but the symptoms are gonna keep coming back until that uh, that sensitivity, whatever she's reacting to, is uncovered. All right, question number three. This question says, I love candles. I've done really well over the years changing bath and body products and cleaning products over to all natural versions. However, candles have been the thing that I've had a hard time loosening my grip on. I love the ambiance, the beautiful smells. In the back of my mind is the nagging thought that they're probably putting off toxins. So are there any safe brands I can use or do I have to give up candles altogether? Is it just the fragrance that is toxic? In other words, if they were unscented candles, would they be toxic as well? I'm not clear on what is toxic and what isn't. Okay, so that's a really good question. And I love candles too, but (laughs) they're toxic. Um, Candles are toxic. Either the smoke is toxic or the scent is toxic or the wax is toxic, or all of the above. Uh, you can mitigate some of that exposure by choosing a less toxic candle wax, like beeswax. Uh, even I'm not against a soy candle either. You can mitigate some of that toxic toxicity by choosing a non-toxic candle scent. So oftentimes you can find candles that are uh, scented with essential oils and herbs and spices. Um, you can also put it on a candle warmer, Uh, If you're using a non-toxic candle, you can put it on a candle warmer rather than lighting the flame and mitigate the smoke. Now, you said you like the smell and you like the ambiance, right? So you're going to want to light those candles. So my suggestion to you is to light them occasionally. Use them as special occasions when you need a mood boost Rather than always having a candle going, choose candles that are non-toxic. Uh, there's a brand called Slow North. I believe they're out of Austin, Texas. Uh, I really like that brand, um, and they are relatively non-toxic. I also have a lot of good luck finding non-toxic candles at places like uh, farmer's markets as well. Um, Etsy is another place to look if you don't have a local farmer's market. But in general, candles are toxic, and I would encourage you to trade that in for essential oils and a diffuser. Be careful. Essential oil brands, I recommend Young Living, doTERRA, or Plant Therapy. Uh, Any of the three will work. You can mix and match scents that smell like uh, you know, an autumn candle or a sugar cookie candle or a cinnamon candle. Um, you can do that with essential oils and diffusing and avoid the toxins altogether. Now, this last question kind of piggybacks off the first question, although it came from a different person. Um, and it the question is, is diffusing essential oils toxic to pets? Now, I've talked about this before in earlier seasons of the podcast, but here's the thing. Yes, diffusing essential oils with pets can be hard on them. I wouldn't say toxic, toxic's a bit of a reach. It's kind of a it, it's kind of interesting that there is such a concern, not from this question alone, but I I see this a lot about, you know, be careful with your, you know, diffusing XYZ essential oil with your cat. Um it is possible for a, an animal to be exposed to too much essential oil. So I always give them an out. So I wouldn't close the cat up in a small room with a diffuser on full blast for several hours at a time. But we have to put this in a frame of reference. So things that are more toxic to your pets, (laughs) Glade plug-ins, scentsy warmers, scented candles, air fresheners, scented laundry soaps and dryer sheets, uh, probably the shampoo that you're using on them, most definitely their dog kibble. So make sure that if you are examining so closely the essential oils for toxicity in your pets that you're also mitigating all the other toxicities that they are exposed to um, in in their, you know, kind of daily lives and routines. So I hope that helps. I hope the people who submitted questions, thank you all so much for submitting them. And I hope that helps you to um, get clarity over the steps that you need to take. Again, if you want to submit a question, you can do that in the Women's Wellness Circle, which is our free private Facebook group. You can do that um, through the client portal. You can also do that at audreychristie.com forward slash question. That takes you to a little forum that you can just submit um, and we'll get those questions answered. So I will see you on Monday for Energy Medicine Monday. And we are talking about counteracting your stress with the triple warmer meridian. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Root Cause Revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated.